All right, guys. Hello. Welcome. Giants back. Um, this is our how many episodes, John? I think number five, right? Number five. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm your host, Simon Thomas, with John Leonis. And our guest today, Anthony Toomey. Tommy, we go back and forth. <laughs> Give us the proper. It's Tommy. Okay, because we've, yeah. heard, we've heard everybody say which, you know, every, every which way. But um, super excited to have Anthony. His story is amazing. Business sense is amazing. His, his, you know, what he's accomplished is absolutely unbelievable from baseball to all the different businesses that he owns, and we'll get into that. But that's really the point of Giants um, is to really dive into success stories um, all across the board. So uh, it was, we're super excited to have you. And I think I heard Ernie Harwell say Tommy. So. Yeah, I was Ernie Harwell. I wish he ever knew my name ever. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really on, honored to be here, just even be considered uh, to, you know, to be on the show with you guys. And uh, yeah, really excited to get, to get this going. Appreciate it, man. We really appreciate it. John, you always started off. We typically kick our conversation off with a quote from someone famous. And if anyone out there has heard of Babe Ruth, he has a good quote said, you just can't beat the person that never gives up. How does that resonate with you? That's pretty much kind of what I, like, my quote, and it's not really a quote, I don't know, have quotes, but if I did, it would be like, it would be, you can't stop me, you can only hope to contain me. That's kind of like my favorite, I heard that like when I was like 12 years old, and I'm like, that's, that makes a lot of sense, right? So I'm one of those guys that just, I just keep going, like I, I I'm super competitive in everything I do. I was just even telling you guys I played basketball last night, and I just wanted to. I know I just started I, wrecking people. Right? Like, I started backing <laughs> off. Actually, I was trying to box out Johnny on the way in here, but uh, you know, it's just that's just kind of the way I am. I'm just super competitive. Not that I want to always beat everybody and all that. Just it's just in you, right? You have that competitive juice, and you. And my dad always taught me, like you know, you're here. You want to if you stay there. Someone's going to jump you, right? You got to keep moving, keep moving forward, and keep building. So, so I love talking to athletes because and and, and business owners because there's a ton of um, correlation and and you know you talk about being competitive sports. So growing up, your dad was he a big like was sports something you always wanted? It was in your blood. Did your dad did your dad put it into you? No, my, my, you guys, I mean, you've met my dad's side. <laughs> my parents are, my dad's five foot six, 150 pounds. My mom is five foot tall. Negative athleticism whatsoever. Um, they knew nothing about sports. I was just a huge, monstrous kid. And I, I lived with, in my neighborhood in Redford, we lived there, I was tall as five. I was the only boy. There's all girls in the neighborhood. So no one did anything. Moved to Farmington Hills when I was six. And every kid in the neighborhood was 10 or 11 years old, and I was six, but I was bigger than them. And I just started playing with these kids all the time, and I got really pretty good at, at sports, especially baseball. And then, then my dad at that point was like, okay, I see there's, you know, he's decent at something, right? So in true boater fashion, when I was nine years old, he would wake me up every day at six o'clock. And I was, listen, I was a big kid. I wasn't, I was tall. I weighed a lot. I wasn't like super fat, but I was definitely, not like you know a nine-year-old kid i was over I was 150 pounds in third grade so in every day he'd wake me up at 6 a.m and i'd do 100 push-ups 100 sit-ups 100 weighted jump ropes and then i would run around the block and he would follow me in the car so i wouldn't cheat <laughs> yeah. he didn't know any different that's just he didn't know how to train me or like that was his only idea of doing it like 100 sit-ups was gonna do anything for me right because i needed to do push-aways from the table is what i needed to do but it's just one of those things that just he didn't know, but he knew there was something, but he didn't know 
how to really accomplish it, right? So that's awesome. Yeah, I do know your dad. Nothing. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Uh, I I met Anthony. My brother Vince and Anthony played baseball together. You know, in college. Yep. So I was probably 12 years old, 14, 13 years old, and and met met these guys and. Then what, what I think is pretty cool story is I, I met Anthony when you opened up your first Jimmy John's. I had a store right next door to him. They were in there cranking, cutting meat all, you know, at 4 a.m. And, and, you know, we'd show up at like 9. They were already <laughs> at, at dinner time at yeah. 9 a.m. But Jimmy John's, 50 locations. How long has it been? You started it when and, and the road to 50. I mean, how, give us yeah. a little background on it. Started in 2003. So I was drafted in 2003. We took, you know, we kind of had this idea of, Again, my dad, you know, in a, in a boater fashion, is like, let's open a uh, gas station. I'm like, no, we're not opening gas station, nothing 24 hours. It's like, how about Subway? I said, listen, I used to see Jimmy John's at school. It's only at Michigan and Michigan State. Let's bring it to the suburbs. And they had just opened one store in the Royal Oak store, which I now own. But, like, we opened Novi and we, in 2003, and we just, you know, we struggled. Nobody knew what Jimmy John's was. No one ever heard of delivering a sandwich. Didn't make sense. Um, so I came home from baseball that that you know that fall, and I just started giving out food to all these different businesses, like sampling it, right? And then we would double and triple in sales, open store two, store three, up to store five. We opened 2008, and my dad's like, "Okay, we're good. We're doing really well. Unless you retire, we're good at five stores." So I retired from baseball. I'm like, "Okay, like you know, I've had a good run. I was at AAA sitting there, and then I was like, well, I'll go make some sandwiches." And from 2008, the day I came home, we opened uh, 14 in Haggerty and Commerce. The next day, everything went to oh, you know, right, right, you know, right. 2008, the, literally the next day, not even kidding. And <laughs> we just, we struggled for that year or so. We, we made it work, right? And then within 10 years, we opened up, you know, 20 stores. So we had 24 stores in 2018. 2019, I get a call, or late, late in 2018, I get a call from, uh, the number one guy in the country, uh, Cliff Lunny, and he's local guy, and he's like, "Listen, I want you to buy all my stores." I'm like, "It's a big one, right?" So he had 27 stores here in Michigan. He had stores in Arizona, California. Um, so I'm like, "All right, let's do this." And everyone was on board with it, but everyone was kind of like, "Listen, I don't know. That sounds kind of crazy. We're doubling the company overnight." And obviously, my dad being super, super conservative is like, oh, you're paying too much money, you know? And I'm like, dad, we got to do this. We got to make this happen. And we, you know, we kind of worked some things out and we doubled the company overnight. And it's been amazing. We, uh, we turned his store. He has some great locations and we just turned those stores into, into winners and just almost doubled his EBITDA that he had then. We almost doubled it just strictly on his. So, how hard was it to get your arms wrapped around that? When you go from like, you see a lot of like, just in, we'll, we'll talk locations like 20 location company buying up five yeah. you know you can get your arms wrapped around that yeah. but going from 25 you know 20 to 40 overnight your team size the, the, the employees you know your structure how difficult is that yeah it was it was definitely a struggle i mean my people were on board with it right they wanted growth they were happy to do it um but you're walking in the door with 27 stores his team, they don't know who I am. They don't know how we operate. They're not used to any help at all. It's all on them. Um, and they were used to having very lax rules, not having anyone looking over their shoulder kind of thing. So it was definitely tough. It was a tough transition. We ended up losing, obviously, 
probably for the best, right? We lost a bunch of managers and employees and things like that just because we ran things a little bit differently. Um, but this, most of those guys, the top guys, almost every single one of those top guys are still with us and they're growing with us and they bought into what we we're doing. And that's kind of what I do. Like people just, for whatever reason, just trust me. Right. They, they really understand that I, I sell myself to them. Not even just, you know, as whatever, I'm here for you. My door is open. You need something, I'll let you know. I'll take care of it. You know, we had, this is a kind of a crazy story. The, my, this is my number four guy, Keith. He, uh, there's a Jimmy John's, our coach they call it, right? Our area guy, like he, he watches over all, all these stores. He was dying. He needed a, he needed a, uh, a, um, a kidney. He was literally months away from dying. And Keith, one of my guys, was like, just went and got tested. And he was a match. And so he's going to save this guy's life. And he came to me and he's like, Anthony, I, I really want to do this. I want to, you know, give my, my kidney to, to Steve. And I said, okay, cool, great. He's like, but I'm really worried. I don't know if I can go. It's like an eight-week recovery. I don't know if I can afford to do that. I said, you think I'm not going to pay you? You're going to save this guy's life, you know? He's like, yeah, I didn't expect you to. I go, I got you, man. Just go do it. Save this guy's life. And it was a big thing. We ended up going to the convention, the Jimmy John's convention. They gave us this huge award for it. They gave him an award. They gave him a Rolex. They gave him ten grand. They did a bunch of stuff. It was great, right? But it's same things like that. Where I don't have to do that. None of us. It's obviously just you know something humanity-wise that you would do. But there's things like that. We you know we've helped these kids out a lot because most of these kids don't come from much, right? Or they don't have that background that we were blessed to have. And so with great parents and letting them leave at 18 years old and do their own thing. And so they don't have that support system. And I kind of like being there to help them out and make sure that they're taken care of as well. Gaining their trust, being a leader. It's big. It sounds like a, a family environment kind of thing, you know, with uh, you know, where there's actual sincere, authentic care. There is. There is. We, we run it like a family business still. Even though we're actually a you know legitimate business now, like we've always ran like a, like a family business, and we just don't know any different. Sometimes it, it bites us and it bites in the butt. Sometimes when we were like you know we take care of these kids and then they just walk out and burn you right, and that's just part of the deal. Like you, you live and you learn, and I always say, okay, I'm stopping doing this. I'm not going to give any more advances. I'm not going to help these kids out. But then they come to me and you're just like, how do you say no? How do you say no? Like at the, at the scheme of things, you lose a thousand or two thousand dollars. A guy walks out and never pays you back. It is what it is, right? Business. It's the cost of doing business, exactly. So I thought about the logistics when you mentioned going to like 50 stores overnight. Do you visit these stores, and how often, and how can you get to all these places? Yeah, oh yeah, I visit them all the time. I, I take pride, and it sounds really weird, right? I take pride in being unbelievably good at making sandwiches. I, I love it. It's fun for me. I don't want to do it every day anymore, but when I go, I love doing it. It's fun for me. I, I get in there, and I'm... I'm damn good, man. Like I'm, I, I think I'm like one of the best in the whole country physically at Jimmy Do You match food, like, are you able to get the food costs, or are you doubling meat down? Is that why oh, you're no, amazing? Oh no, no, I just make it with love, baby. I make it with love. I make it. I make it look. Are you I make it. it I want to eat it. You would eat it, of or course. what you need to do to make money? Listen, what, I, I mean? make it. I, I make it a full sandwich, man. I hate when people are like they sprinkle lettuce, like it's like it's a, a, a garnish, right? Just fill that thing, man. Make it nice. You need the you need the juice. I'm a condiment. I'm a condiment maniac, right? I want condiments. I want every kind of condiment on there. Right? Are we 
we not kindred spirits? Am I not a sandwich guy? guy? Or a I guy? There's Listen, only one if difference. If you have a couple so. that are like two to three weeks old, he'll eat. No, you know, I yeah, eat off the floor for 25. That's why, you know, that's why I never get sick, man. I eat off the floor. It falls on the floor. Leave it there. Throw it away. Leave it there, guys. I'll eat it when we're done. I don't I see you. something growing on it. It should yeah. be fine. Yeah. Right? But, but I mean, the only difference is I don't think anyone would call me freaky fast. That's yeah. You know, no. This guy, you'll go into the fridge here. And it'll have a, a like a like a closing closing envelope, like one you'd put closing docs into. Sure. Say, do not touch with like sand, like a sandwich wrapped up into it, you know, with a date on it. It'll be like three weeks old. Everyone's like, we're throwing this away. He's like, don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. No way. That's yeah. still good. <laughs> I made it with love. Yeah, made, it, made with it with love, love. man. Made it with yeah. love. Love doesn't expire. No, never. <laughs> you know, logistically, I think I think a lot. Like you're, you're talking about, you know, getting around. Which yes, that's yeah. a lot of locations. But then also, I think about people, besides like taking care of them. I remember, I remember we talked one time, we ran into each other somewhere and you were like, you know, the workforce is changing and, you know, you have 50 locations and it's very common for, if you have one or two locations, one to two employees not to show up. Well, now you're talking about like a hundred at a time in a day, yeah. every you know, one, two people, a location don't show up. It's, it's, it's a big challenge. Oh, big challenge. And, and just, I think, you know, not to, not to dog on it, but the next generation is, you know, I meet a lot of these parents that um are our are you know our age and a little bit older that have these you know 13 year olds to to 20 year olds they don't want them working no. like we worked like my dad was like you're coming to work right like you're sitting at home go do something you're not we're not doing that right yep. like how, what's going on with that and you know and jimmy johns has it been difficult to- it's been very you know so the pandemic changed everything right we had in february of 2020 we had 800 employees we closed for six weeks, all locations, because everyone went crazy. I was trying to stay open. All the employees were like, you care about money more than us. I'm like, I'm just trying to, the corporate's making us do it. Like, I'm trying to make this work. So we closed for six weeks. We come back, I'm sub 500. So I lost 300 employees in six weeks. And we had to open up all these locations. And so we were working day and night, all of us, me, my brother, my sister, my uncle, anyone that was any, I mean, my wife eight months pregnant she's delivering sandwiches at a certain time i'll be like i need help at the store and she'll show up and do it right um we just did whatever it took to make it happen but it totally changed the dynamic of the, of, of the employee right people everyone was in the same boat not just restaurants right so my better people were getting offered jobs that they probably wouldn't have ever been offered or on paper are not you know shouldn't be having these kind of jobs they were getting those jobs because they were so desperate as well right and so it changed everything and then they were we were at their mercy i need this much money or i'm leaving well I, you don't you can't even make a sandwich well i can go to walmart and they're paying me 18 bucks to be a greeter because they were desperate for people so you're like okay i'll do it or see ya right it's it's one or the other and it just and now it's finally starting to come back where the employer is kind of getting some power back a little bit but the employees ran the asylum for for over a little while right they really did and it changed the whole dynamic of how we operated but it made us better we don't need 800 employees we're doing nintendo numbers now we've we're up almost 10 million dollars from 2019 to 2024 that's awesome which is crazy crazy and we did it with a lot less people so we're paying a lot more money so it kind of balances out but at the same time i I want these guys to make money 
Like I do. I mean, I'm not here to take their money. I don't want their thousand dollars, their extra five hundred. But I want them to make that money. I want them to be happy, and I want them to see that hey, this can be a career, not just a job for yeah. them. Yeah. Right. I think I don't know where what generation this happened, but like the employer became the bad guy. Me and you talked about this once, right? Yeah. Like, you all you care about is money. It's like. Well, no, I care about all of our families here that that sure. were that are are trying to not not your clients, your staff, and and B, your your ass is on the line. Like you don't just like own all these stores with no overhead and like the overhead like rent doesn't stop. No. Like you you called our landlord and it's like, hey, dude, ninety days we can't sell a house. It's like, all right, well, you're still paying your rent, right? It's sure. like, yeah, I will, but you know, nothing stops. You know, you, everyone stops working, but nothing stops, and it's it's that mindset. I mean, we, we, we went into it, you know. I think that most people in America and maybe around the world don't really know what it's like to, you know, own and operate something. Most sure. people don't, right? I mean, they're, they, you know, are around other employees that might be, you know, complaining or whatever, and then you have TV shows where, you know, the, the you know, from, from the get-go, where the CEO's got his feet up on the desk and sure. cigar in his mouth and that kind of thing. That's, that's not what a real leader looks like. And, no. You know, and, and most successful companies require a leader and that they're successful because of leadership. Exactly. It's, you know, I feel like a lot of my employees don't understand. They, I think they think every penny that walks in the store goes right into our pockets. And that's obviously <laughs> incorrect. Uh, or that I'm just at my desk like Scrooge McDucking into money, right? <laughs> like, that doesn't happen. Do I make more money than my employees? Yes. I mean, I do. Like, you know, it's, a, it's just a fact of life. That's how it works. But at the same time, you know how much, you know, like liability we have on the line. We have our house, our family, our our businesses. If something, God forbid, happens, they're not. They're going to go get another job. I'm done, right? Like, we're going to get totally screwed in this whole thing. So And time commitment. You have yeah. this beautiful family. And, and, and it's not it's not us first time. That's what I'm trying to do. But, like, that's the stuff people don't understand. Like, you know, your, 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 your kids, your wife, like I, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that like I growing up, you're like, I want to make money, right? Money, money, money. I want to make money. I'm hungry. I, you know, I'll work a hundred hours a week and I will, and I do. Right. But now you got this family and it's like, you're seeing them get, you have, you have kids and they're babies, you know, and all of a sudden they're six, all of a sudden they're, you know, they're doubled and tripled in size. It's like, I'm not just, I don't just have that uh, my money on the line and liability and risk we have like this doesn't work or if this fails i just i just didn't see my kids i, I missed a lot of things with my kids now i don't know i'm sure you're doing you're a great dad i know you're a great dad you're doing a lot with them but there's that aspect too that i don't think people understand 100 percent. i mean my the kids are growing i mean i have a, I have a six a four and a three and my four-year-old's gonna be in one month's gonna be four it'll be five and you know they're they're growing. It's it's crazy. People say, "Oh, enjoy it now." I'm like, I'm gonna kill my kids most of this time, right, every day. <laughs> but you're, I can't wait for two or three more years when they're really good at sports. And I'm still coaching. I'm still in with the whole thing, and they're becoming fun. Right? They, you know, they talk to you. They want to, like, you know, I take my my son Anthony. I take him to I took him to the uh, Pistons game. I took one of the Revenues game on Saturday. He's so pumped for it. He used to not like sports much at all. Like a year ago right Your now oldest? he's yeah the oldest now he is just all in so yeah the time is you know i don't stay till 6 six thirty anymore i don't i just go and do what i got to do right um it used to be about hours and being around for everybody and being now it's just, i got to get my stuff done and i got things to do and i can do and you can do things right yeah you have to enable people to be able to 
to do what they're supposed what you pay them to do you have to i can't micromanage anymore right you just can't do it right now are you are you making your kids get up at 6 a.m and do push-ups and run the run around <laughs> they are not to Anthony, my oldest, he does. He does do that stuff on his own. He, I bought him ghost cones. He does cone drills in the house. <laughs> and does, like he's, he's a freak little athlete. He's great. But, yeah, I, I'm not – you know, it, it comes – like obviously I want my kids to do well and all that. Um, but I don't want to push it at this point because I know how hard it is to get to where I got. And I want to make sure they have every opportunity to do that. But at the same time, I want to make sure that – I'm not pushing it and making it because I was there, right? You know, and, and so it's 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 that fine line. But I mean, Anthony's obsessed. He's obsessed. So Outside of athletics, what do you hope for your kids? Oh, I want my kids to do. I mean, more than athletics, they have to do really well in school. Um, that's a very important thing to me. That's what my dad always taught us. And and you know, religious. I want them to have that faith, and that's what my my wife Rita really you know pushes that. She's. Uh, very holy. Uh, she goes to church every day. She does a lot of things. She still teaches catechism at church. Uh, we're super Catholic overall, and uh, we want that. That's that's the most important, really. You have that faith in God and all that. But I want to be good kids, right? Good people. People want to hang out with them. I want that to be the case, right? Uh, sports is the last thing, but I mean, obviously I love sports and they love it, but that's the last thing I have to do. I want them to be good people. And well, Do you see them running a restaurant? or working at a restaurant or working at one of the businesses that, that you operate? Maybe eventually. Um, I want them to f do their own thing. I kind of want them to learn how to do stuff on their own. I don't, my dad never gave us anything. He gave us what we needed, not what we wanted, right? Um, and he built the business with us for this, 100%. Like without my dad, we couldn't do anything. I don't want to give them anything. I want them to earn all the things that they do. Uh, I'm not going to make it a comfortable life for them. Sure. Like, I'm not going to be like, well, you got to, you're not going to eat until you you know, do whatever, but I'm not going to just give them money or a business. I had them set up. Obviously we have a lot of things lined up for them way in the future that they'll never know about until a certain age. But, um, so they I want them podcast. to learn trade. Yeah. The podcast for sure. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, what's, what, it, what's what are you talking about? Is there a, is there a box or anything around, better? They're in the pantry <laughs> at 12 o'clock at yeah. night looking at things. Um, you know, I want them to, I want them to learn trades. I'm going to have them work with my builder, right? But like, learn how, I can't do anything. I literally am the dumbest guy you've ever seen trying to fix something, build something, create, like, I don't do that. Right. I'm really good at writing checks so and paying people. Um, I want them to learn that. I would love them to be like a doctor or a lawyer, like learn their own way. And if the business is still there, boom, there you go, right? I know just from going to college, you most people don't do anything in their major, right? I, I went marketing and management. I never used it in my life, right? We went I, to real estate school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, unless you become like a you know a doctor or a lawyer or, or a, a, you know what engineer, you don't really use your degree you lose I, I feel as if you use your degree to grow as a person right all that tells me as an employer is that you have the ability to learn that's why you went to college you and learn how to and complete something yeah right like, and work hard to yeah. something like you know when i was from pro ball most of the guys are coming from college right but there's all those kids that sign out of high school and the difference between the high school kids and the college kids is this much right oh just the way they speak even like an interview or to a girl or to whatever like they don't have that charisma they don't have that they don't know how to do it properly and it sounds weird right to say that 
they're just kind of awkward because they, they miss that stage of life where you learn to develop your social skills properly, right? Because you, you're the man, right? You're in high school. If you're going to get drafted, you're obviously probably the best athlete in your high school, right? And you're the man. You're, everything's John? great. You're, you're, you're telling John, me John was 100%. John? 100%. <laughs> Rochester, right? He had Paul Davis, but he was him. He was the guy, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, they don't – they miss that whole of humbling of yourself, right? Because you're the best at your high school if you're going to play in college. You go to college, everyone's just as good as you. Then you have to separate yourself. You go to pro ball. Oh, I'm like, I was awesome. I was throwing 94, 95 miles an hour. I'm great. I get to, you can't get to pro ball unless you're throwing 94, 95. So you have to separate yourself every level you move up. You have to separate yourself and say, this is what I can bring to the table. Because everyone else is 6'3", 250 pounds, throwing 95 miles an hour too, or else you don't get there. So That's how it was when we got in real estate. Yeah, you, it was like 6'3", right. 250. Yeah. It was like, how are we going to separate how, how do you guys figure it out, right? Giant shade his head. Same so, same yeah. right? We started, <laughs> it we started bulking up. That's what we did. Creatine all day, every yeah. day, man. <laughs> how, why baseball? Obviously, you played all sports. Yeah. I mean, you pitching, too. Like, obviously, you had an unbelievable arm. Your size was perfect for pitching. But, like, football, basketball, you you had the size for any sport. Why, why baseball? I played all of them. I loved football. I loved football. And my mom ended my dreams um, as she would not let me play football. At we were the number one high school in the state. We were, I went to Catholic Central. We were we won three out of four state championships my four years there. Um, I always knew I was pretty good at baseball. You know that's deal sell now. It is deal sell now. When I'm, you were I'm, there, co- I'm friends with Coach Roan. Yes, yeah. I know I know how this all works. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, I get it. But we're, we're getting there. We're, we're working for it. Um, at, at twelve, I kind of knew what was going on right i was 6'1 185 pounds at 12 and i was throwing bullets right i would hit home runs pretty much all the time right so i, I got kicked out of the 12 year old league like it just wasn't happening was it little league was it travel was it, was it travel okay. yeah it was travel like, like it just was what, what put it over the edge was a kid threw a ball and it was going to hit me and i was batting and i literally just caught it and threw it back and that was like that was enough for the parents. Like this is this this is not a real thing, right? So uh, you know, I figured out at that point like I'm decently good at baseball. And then I got kind of humbled at high school, right? You get to I was a freshman. I thought I was really good, and I was on varsity. And then they're like, "There's everyone else is just better, right?" And I had never lifted weights. I was, you know, melted candle body. Like you know, I'm just a big guy. I have no muscle, you know. But just you know. I figured out, I started working really hard. Basketball was the key for me. It kept me in great shape. I love basketball. I wish I, mean, I jumped this high, obviously. I got, you know, I, got, I have the disease, right? So you can't, you can only go so high. But um, I was the box out champion of the world, right? That's all I knew. I knew my role. I wasn't shooting threes. I would make my layups. I'd get rebounds and I'd pass the ball to the better players, you know? Um, but I started at varsity in the Catholic League, which is a solid, solid thing. But baseball was just it for me. It always was. Um, you know, after uh, junior year was my big year. I right? I started. I really blossomed. I started throwing really, really hard, and that was it for me. Man, I just kind of took off from there. Yeah. So. And Eastern Michigan, right? Yeah. What, what other options were there? Tons. Yeah. Um, and why Eastern? So. There was no social media back in the day, right? There wasn't a real thing. Um, there was always that stigma. You can't go. The guys from the north couldn't go play at the southern schools or the west coast schools, right? It just you never were recruited by those schools. It was just a different time, right? Um, you would never get that love from Miami, Florida, or whatever. So I actually, I actually got a lot of letters from everywhere. Um, and then there was an early, it's not like it is now with the transfer portal and all that. You had to sign early 
or he didn't get the scholarship, right? And there's only 11.7 scholarships for a a team. Eastern gave me a full ride, right? I wanted to go to Michigan or Michigan State. They offered me as well, but they gave me a full, everything paid for. I also had offer from Stanford. I had offer from other schools. Um, I wanted my dad around as well. It's hard for me to, my dad would have done whatever, right? He would have, if I want to go to Stanford, that would, he would have paid for it and it would have cost him, you know, another 50 grand probably. Who knows? Back and forth, travel, all that. And then I went to a showcase after I signed November. I went to this like, top 100 prospects and I killed it. And it's so many offers, but I couldn't, I couldn't get out of that contract. The NCAA had you like, like this back in the day, right? So I just said, okay, I'm committed. I'm loyal. Let's go. That's awesome. We just went with it. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, a lot of businesses. Well, not a lot, but a, a handful. Jimmy John's, it sounds like, is the main uh, thing that got you guys going besides baseball, outside of baseball. Eight Mile Vodka and real estate. I mean, totally different businesses from the food yep. restaurant business. Like, talk a little bit about those. Yeah, I mean, everything is, you know, Jimmy John's is our, is our is our train, right? We take that, and that's where we're going. That's our moneymaker. That's maybe not always going to be, but it is right now. It's what it's what we who we are, right? I'm the Jimmy John's guy. Everyone just talks about it. Everyone knows it. I go to a party. I'm bringing you a box of Jimmy John's, right? It's just what it is. Do you make – when you bring them, do you make them? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, I used and to do a lot You talk a big more. game, bro. If you're oh, going to bring them like, – we're, yeah, yeah. we're going we're going, to the Birmingham store after this. <laughs> we're having lunch, just so you guys know. And I'm, make, I'm making you guys delicious, delicious stuff. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where we were approached. It was a kind of a crazy story. We were, we were doing a fundraiser for our church, my brother and I. And our my our friend owned a travel agency. He was going to give us a – a trip to Greece, right? That was our main prize for the event. Another buddy of his came over and they're like, hey, here's some autographs from Calvin Johnson, some of the Red Wings guys. And he's like, hey, you want to buy this vodka company? I'm like, yeah. And it was garbage. It wasn't good, right? But for two weeks, I'm like, man, I really want to buy a vodka company. So we researched this really quickly, did all this stuff. We found one beautiful bottle, CC Colors, of course. Taste was awesome. It was very smooth, very good. So we bought a vodka company. On the bottom of the vodka company, we call it, it's called Eight Mile Vodka. On the bottom, it said "Born in Detroit." I said, "Can we trademark that? Do you own that?" He's like, "Yeah, we own it. How much money? Eh, this much money. Cool. We bought that, made it into an apparel line, um, and just things have really blossomed from there. And then we said to ourselves, we will never do food again. Like we're really good at Jimmy John's, but this is during the pandemic time. We're like, we're never doing touching food again. My brother loves the Food Network." saw Guy Fieri's new concept called Chicken Guy. There was a show. Like, they were giving away a franchise. We're like, shit, we should do this. This is, this is pretty cool. Went down there, ate the food, loved it, and we bought Chicken Guy. So we own Chicken Guy in Livonia. Uh, we own the whole state. We have the rights to the entire state of Michigan to go build all these Chicken Guys. Is there any up yet? Yeah. yeah Livonia's been up for almost a year now. Uh, yeah, Plymouth between Middle Belt and Merriman. How many of those do you guys want to put up? Well, we have a contract for 25, so that's happening. And uh, I mean, we didn't have the whole, we only bought the six Metro Detroit area, uh, six counties. But once he came here, we got the store up in three months. It looked great. We started promoting everything. He like, whole state's yours. Do you find a, do you find a, a, a big difference? Like, is there, is it, uh, is it different than Jimmy John's? It is. It's a, it's just so much more. Jimmy John's is so simple. You don't understand how easy and simple and, genius that Jimmy John's Jimmy John's not the greatest sandwich in the whole world right it's a 
It's a good sandwich. I love it. Everyone will eat it. No one's like, man, I hate Jimmy John's. You can't say that. It's just a good sandwich, right? You're, you'll always eat it. Um, but chicken guy is totally different dynamic, right? You got grease, you got chicken, you have fries, you have, it's a totally different thing. We have all these sauces, right? We have to make, we hand bread the chicken. We make all the sauces in-house. Um, it's a lot different everything. And it's just, it's similar, but it's not, right? At the same time. So it's a little bit different. Um, our team is doing really well with it. Sales are good. Food cost sucks. Um, the chicken is tough. We don't have that buying power to get, um, we actually just changed chicken farms as, as a, as a, as a franchise. So we're going to get there. Um, we're the, I'm the only franchisee open in the whole country. Oh yeah. It's really only corporate stores. And there's a lot of pain with that. Lot a lot of, of, lot of probably benefits in the long run, but yes. some pain in the beginning. Pain and unknown. Right. And we're, most of their spot, every spot they have is in a non-traditional. They're at Disney. They do like eight and a half million on a Disney. Like, but you're the only thing, you're, you're the cheapest thing at Disney. You got a guy's name on it. They're in airports. They're in casinos. We're in Livonia. Okay. <laughs> like it's a different dynamic. And we, and the first day we did like $18,000. We had four hour uh, drive through line. We're going like, we're like, man, we just struck gold. This is amazing. And for, for the weeks and weeks and weeks, we're just pumping through this thing. And then all of a sudden it just, just stopped. And we're like, okay, people, that was the honeymoon period. And now we're, we're, we're back where we, we you know, need to be obviously. But, um, it was just a uh, two weeks of, we didn't leave open and close. We're all there. I don't even know how to do anything. I know everything at Jimmy John's. I know zero, but I'm handing out food, doing whatever it takes. My brother went back in the kitchen, just like, show me how to do this. Let's figure this out, right? And we just make it work. And that's just kind of how we are as a family. We just, at the end of the day, we're just going to get it done. See, it's all about operators. I can tell you it's about, like, like across the street from my father's banquet hall, a Sonic opened. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 140,000 a week, yep. right? You talk yep. week numbers. Yep. That's like unheard that's, of, that's, right? That's, that's it's like gangbusters, yeah. you know, and then now you don't even see them, right? It's all, yeah. you know, do I think it's the product? I think people wanted to taste it and see it and touch it because they advertised like crazy for years before they came here. Yep. But the right operators, the right team, they would have made that work. But um, it's just getting, I think, again, that's what I love about business. Like everybody thinks it's like you get into this thing, you kill it, and you've made it, right? They don't understand that, like, look at success, and then drop off, and now we got to go to work, right? Sure. Which you always do, but that—that—that's really um, my my favorite part about business because that's what separates you and your team. Yep. Uh, everybody else the, from everybody else, because most people will be like, "All right, that sucks. I'm done. I'm out." Right? The head gets involved, the mind gets involved, and then they're 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 uh, they're out. Right? You just can't open the doors. All right. It's not a thing. When you open the doors and money just starts pouring in. It's not real it's not real life. Yeah, and when right. things get tough, you see it. You see like blockbuster. You see these things that like boom and then boom. It's like what do you do to to you know, during tough times? And your dad obviously was sounds like was a huge mentor to you. Was there anybody else? Or is one, I'm sorry, but is there anybody else? Yeah, no, as a mentor, no. I mean I still to this day don't do anything without telling my dad. Like nothing. I don't. I ask him everything. Like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And you know, he's getting up there. He's seventy-eight now. He's 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 getting up there. But he comes to work every single day. Comes to the office. We just find things for him to do. Audit this. Do this. He's a numbers guru, right? That's what he does. Human calculator. And um, you know, I, again, I still won't do anything. Literally anything without asking my dad and my and my mom as well. But mostly, my my dad's always been that guy for me. Um, you know, and then obviously my my wife now, Rita. I mean, like. I don't, you know, we were very comfortable, right? We had a 24-store Jimmy John's. We're doing well. We had just got married. Um, 
and I'm like, hey, we just got this offer for this. I don't know. I mean, we're, I don't know if I want to jump on that. She goes, you'd be the biggest idiot if you don't take that deal. And she came from a business background. And so like she, you know, she kind of understood what was going on and she's always pushing, hey, you know, we're doing all right with this. Hey, you know, your brothers want to go buy an apartment complex. Should we do it? Obviously, go do it. Like if she gives up going to X or Y, it's a vacation here, a, a purse here, all this, just go invest that money. Go do that. Go do that. So um, not really a mentor to me, but more of a motivator, right? She keeps pushing me and pushing me to, to, do, to do better, to, do, to expand and keep going. And obviously, everything we do is for the family, for the, for the boys, obviously. But, um, you know, she just is very instrumental. And in, again, now I don't now I talk to her about everything. Right. I go through my dad still at the end of the day. But, um, you know, I make sure that Rita's involved in every I don't not tell her anything that we're, do, we're doing. Right. I want her not really her permission, but her blood. Like, hey, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Or she'll tell me she's like, that's a dumb move. Don't do that. Well, it's both. You're you know? both in it. And, yeah. I, you know, uh, I see it with starting my businesses like you without a strong without a strong, you know, spouse like oh yeah this is impossible it's 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 almost impossible to start something from nothing with with a strong spouse i mean it's i i would say with you're either going to end up divorced or or that person has to be solid sure if you're going to make it because For sure uh, or you just don't do it because if you're if your spouse isn't on board I mean, it, it affects everything, especially in the beginning. And even now, you've, you've, no, you guys have yeah. done a lot of successful things, but it's like these are big decisions. And, and a lot of times if you play, if you have somebody that's playing scared with you and, and causes you to hesitate a little bit, yeah. um, that affects everything. Yeah, right? I mean, she got to be supportive of what we do. I mean, you know, there's obviously there's, not, there's events with 8 Mile, with Born of Detroit, there's games, there's X, and, you know, and so she has to be understanding and be on board with me being able to do that. I'm not going to – I'm not taking eight mile to the bars at night till 2 a.m. I mean, that, that would have been a, a quick – yes. I have to do I have that. to. I have to stay till 4 a.m. I have to do it. It's the only way we can get the deal done, right? She, you know, she's not on board with that, obviously. But, you know, she gave the blessing for it. She's like, yeah, I get it. you got to put time. This is a startup business. you got to get going on it. Um, you know, the, the restaurants are – she, that's a no-brainer for her. She knows they're they're good. They're going to make us money. They're going to make us better for the future. But the other stuff is is a gamble, right? Like you know if it's going to stick. The vodka, the born of Detroit, and all that. And she's given her blessing and all that. She promotes it. She all her friends wear it. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you know, she's very supportive in what we're doing and understands that I'm not going to just sit at home. I'm not that guy, right? You know. So does it always still feel like a startup? Does it ever go away? It does. I think we're kind of at that that breaking point right now where I think we're really, um, you know, we're born in Detroit, right? And now we just trademark born in any city, any state in the country. So we're really going to get to that next level, I think, now. And I think we're past the startup and we have to we understand what we have to do to take this, get this going. The blueprints there. Yeah, exactly. You apply born into a bottle of vodka or do you apply it to merchandise or, you know, it's what is mo mostly merchandise uh, apparel? Um, you know, it's one of those things where the way we, we we grew up, all four of us is my brother and then my buddy George and his brother, right? Um, there's four brothers involved and we all are just hardworking guys, right? They have a travel agency. We have the Jimmy John's, we have whatever else. And we have that work ethic that we call it the grid, the blue collar ethics. And, I feel like everyone in Detroit has that as well. Like you're born in Detroit, and I always tell everyone, it's not literally being bo about b being born in Detroit. It's about Detroit being born in you. 
and you have that whole feel about it. And I think everywhere you go, people have pride where they're from, right? You know, from their old country or from their city or whatever the case. And so I think that really resonates with a lot of people. And we just trademarked born in Boston before we took the whole born in. And I think it's the same thing. The same with Pittsburgh. Those are blue collar areas that people are like, man, I'm proud as hell to be from here, right? And that's kind of what we're getting to in, in, in the future with us, with, with this brand, is that people are proud to be where they're from and they want to show show that love. Like we were on Hard Knocks when the Lions were on Hard Knocks last year, right, 2022. The first episode, a friend of mine, Devin Gardner, former quarterback at Michigan, now he's a reporter for Bally Sports, he just happened to wear – the t-shirts we gave him he wore this born detroit t-shirt and for 10 seconds they locked it he was interviewing dan campbell talking to him saying i love what you're doing here and they lock in for literally 10 seconds of his shirt born in detroit we blew off that night we did over five grand in the first half in a half an hour and every single order was from out of state so we didn't really understand that like man we have a you know we're doing everything locally but there's so many people that are born here that have gone on to different you know, successes throughout the country or the world, and they still have that love for Detroit. And that was really like, okay, we have something here. Let's figure something out with it. Everywhere I go, I run into somebody that comes back to me, like that's from Michigan. Yeah. Like the amount of people where I, I mean, oh, Michigan, I, I, I was born there, you know, or whatever. I'm from Ann Arbor. It's like you could be anywhere and exactly. you run into somebody from Michigan. It really is kind of, kind of crazy. But um, so – out of all these businesses, you know, which I don't want to say your favorite, because I'm sure you have favorites in all of them. I'm sure there's negatives in all of them or challenges in all of them. But like if if you had to go back to 2002 again, where you're making decisions on, you know, where you're going to put, you know, now that you understand business, yeah. you understand, you know, the pros and cons to different things. You're involved in real estate. You're involved in, you know, distribution. You're involved in apparel. You're involved in food. Would you do it the same way? Would it still be food first? You know, would it? Would you? Would you have dove into something else because it? You know, it's a great question. Really good question. Um, obviously, I see the benefits of the real estate and how it's kind of like a passive. It's not a passive business, but it's a lot more passive than the food. Um, I don't think I would change anything. Um, you know, we didn't have that type of money to go buy buildings and apartment complexes and things like that back in the day. And I love, as much as people think I'm probably insane, I love the grind of the, the restaurants. I, I take such, I, I love Jimmy John's. Like to this day, I will take a party box to a party and I'll eat half of the damn thing. Like <laughs> just cause I'm fat, but also because it's like, I just love it. I'm so proud of Jimmy John's. I'm really proud of the food. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to make sure I eat the most, right? I got to make sure. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I love the grind of it. I love the service. I love being. I love making the sandwiches. It sounds so dumb. I know it does. Like, listen, we're doing you know forty something. You million don't get dollars. to your level by not loving it. You, you have, have to you have it. to love it. And I love the 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 guys at my my team. Like, you know, our number one guy, Adam, our CEO of the whole company, been with me for 17 years in this industry, right? Corey, uh, he's our you know EVP. He's been with me 15 years. My top 10 people are 10 years plus. We brought them from $7 an hour. That's what literally Adam made $7 an hour when he started with us. Knowing that he, you know, you could tell, listen, you, you know there's guys that are going to, you know, keep going, right? <clears throat> but in this industry, that doesn't happen. And 
as much as obviously I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some saint that I'm building all these businesses for everybody else, right? We're building it for us, right, as well and our families. But we keep expanding for these guys as well. Like I've promised them, listen, just jump on my back and we'll we'll all take you places. Just got to believe in me and we'll get there, right? And all of us, right? And they do. And they're all bought in and they're all will do whatever it takes. Like Adam just will just make drinks for eight mile. He'll just go make gallons, not like a drink. He'll make gallons, right? He's helping us with this with the born of Detroit stuff. He'll do whatever it takes. He's running chicken guy right now. He's all he's known as Jimmy John's, right? Um, you do it for these guys. These guys have to grow, right? If they don't, they see this is the ceiling, then that's it, right? But they see us. Oh, we're gonna keep built buying Jimmy John's. We're keeping keep building Jimmy John's. We're gonna keep going with Chicken Guy. There's a future. Again, we want this to be a career for some of these guys, not just a job. And you know, the way I see it as well, like you know, we have almost 700 employees. Like we're feeding 700 families with that, right? Like, it's it's a cool thing to be able to say, like, listen. These guys have all grown with us into what they are. I want these guys to be executives. I do. Because they, they deserve it. They do. You know, These guys aren't the – they didn't come from Harvard. They don't have all these degrees. They're just hardworking guys that just will bust their ass and do whatever it takes to get to that next They're level. They're the best guys. Those, Those are the, the best, best guys. ones. You Those are the best ones. You can't replace that. Like, yeah. Whatever I ask, they'll do. Yeah. They don't even – they're so comfortable. They don't even ask. They just do stuff, right? It just is what it is. And it, it's their company. They feel that – they own part of this whole thing as well and that's you, you can't you can't pay for that right yeah no, whatever I, they need they get they, they get taken care of with it and they're going to keep growing and again i want them to to get to a level where they're not in stores anymore right they're executives in this company and we're going to keep blowing this thing up so kind of like what happened with this guy i was driving down the street he was just kind of like wandering around twirling like, a sign yeah dude. i'm like just like a clown Lem- like, lemonade 25 yeah. cents bro, <laughs> if you, let's sell real estate come on he just jumped in the back of the pickup truck and we came yeah. here he's, he's been with me ever since I'm like, oh, yeah. Simon, i want more for him great i'll anthony. jump in i want no more problem. for him anthony exactly you know, so <laughs> i just realized it but i want more exactly that's what it is but you want them to be like you know like to, to exceed their parents, to exceed their expectation of where they ever thought they'd be able to get to, right? And it was a grind for a lot of these guys. I mean, they, you know, a lot of their friends are went to college, went to Michigan State, went to Michigan, whatever the case, and they're going to get this fancy job at a place, but they're not making the money. They have to put their time in. These guys have put their time in and work, and they still work. Like, they're still grinding all the time. They're always on the phone, always putting out fires. And you just want them to be like, man, I did this for a reason. I didn't do this just to make money. I, I see the future with these guys and with this family. And they have total trust in what we do. And I would never want to let them down, right? Awesome. So That's I got great. a couple rapid fires. Let's do it. Um, here in Metro Detroit, uh, it's become popular in the suburbs, the Jimmy John's Field. Is there affiliation with that? Was yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so we had a co-op and we had the opportunity to bring to name the stadium, right? And uh, and we did that, and then it actually kind of kind of crazy how it all went down. 2020 was the five year, right? So corporate had just switched over from Jimmy. They had, Inspire had just bought Jimmy John's. Inspire is our private equity, right? That owns it. Jimmy John was all about it, right? These guys were well, they want every dollar into national funding. So they're like, hey, listen, we're gonna pass on the five year. Um, we're just gonna end the relationship. And the owner calls me, the owner, Andy Appleby, calls me. He's like, Anthony, this is 2020, right? In the pan- during the middle of the pandemic. We can't, we got to, we're going to, we're going to, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we can get a sponsor if you guys walk away from this. And I thought to myself, like, okay, well, what do I have to do with this? Like, well, you have more stores than everybody combined. So 
you can even outvote corporate. If you say yes, we stay. If you say no, it's over. All right, <laughs> you know, here we go. Um, I, so I call corporate. I'm like, what do you do with that money? Are you going to give it to us so we can, you know, disperse it throughout and different, uh, you know, advertising, billboard, whatever it's going to be? It's like, no, it's going to want a national corporation, a national funding. So what's that going to get us? One thirty-second commercial, three hundred grand. And they're like, yeah. I said, we're keeping it. So they, they weren't real happy with me, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, it's a beautiful stadium, and you see it from the from the from the expressway. You're like, man. It's an impressive thing. It doesn't even, it's not even my stores. My stores are not even around there, right? But at the end of the day, it's just, you got to do what's right, man. And it's a beautiful field and it, it's, I'm proud of it as well. And I have nothing to do with it. It's a great experience so, there too. The kids love it there. And Andy takes care of me, like whatever I need, he can, if I need something, boom, here you go. And he's a great guy. And I really w- want him to just, you know, do well with this whole thing. So do you have a corporate headquarters or is yeah. it, you know, uh, like a big or like a store and then like you know behind there's an office everyone's in the basement of my house um, <laughs> we just marita's really cool with it she feeds them every day no we're uh, we have a corporate office in farmington hills on 12 mile and uh we just moved in there a couple years ago and it's a great office man we have just only a few of us in there just the ownership group my brother my sister my dad my uncle then we have a couple of our cousins in there we keep it in the family and then the big guys adam and Corey, have their own office and it's, it's nice nice little place nothing special nothing as nice as this but we're, we'll get there one day <laughs> you know um we've learned a little bit about who you are outside of work you know the family man that you are um i think we've bridged the gap of perception between you know employees and people that are running a company i think we done it did a good job of that but how would you like to be remembered Man, you guys are getting deep here, man. Getting deep. Um, you know, I was asked this question before, and I want to be remembered as, as just a good guy, man. I want to be able to, you know, have my kids and my wife and my grandkids hopefully be proud of what I did. Um, you know, we, we built this as a family from zero, right, to what it is today. We didn't cheat anybody. We didn't do anything illegal. We just worked our asses off to get where we need to get to and i want everyone to remember that like hey this guy worked for everything he was never given anything my dad wasn't some millionaire guy that just had a a trust fund i took it and did whatever right we have grinded from day one and we're still grinding right i want people to know that you know know that we're just hardworking, good catholic people good husband hopefully a good you know good father that's how i want to be remembered i mean Baseball is what it is, right? I had a good run. It was fun. It was great. Um, you know, uh, my body hurts now playing basketball at night. So, like, it's just when you get to that point, you're just like, okay, you know, this is what it is. But at the end of the day, your, your name, your legacy, of what you did, what you left, what you built, that's what it's all about, man. It's about, you know, the family understanding. And then just take care of your people and your family. Like, that's it. I do this all for, for them. Like, I'm good, right? Good uh, news for my family. I, I like I told you before. I texted my buddy. Hey, did you play ball with Anthony Toomey? You know him. And he was like, Yeah. I like. Do you have any embarrassing stories? He goes, No. He's just a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I would have gotten it. You yeah. know, if there was. I wish I had some some good stories, man. Like some embarrassing stories. Do. We do. We have. No, listen, there's a few. You know, but uh, <laughs> your, your friend's watching right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Is he gonna <laughs> tell it? Is he gonna I say? Mean, it? You know, yeah, pro ball was a different 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 human at that point but i mean we had a good time and we did a lot of dumb things but we had like those are my guys too man like you know it's one of those things that people ask me all the time do you miss playing baseball well, of course like i would have done it for free right but you miss the guys right the camaraderie you're with these guys all day 142 game 100 you know 60 games you're with these guys for seven months a year you live with them you live in the hotels you live in the house you do whatever 
you're with these guys all day, every day. And those guys are, we have a fancy football league. We meet up every year. We do a lot of dumb things, but it's, it's great. We talk, you know, we, all we do is literally make fun of each other every second. There's not like one thing of like, Hey man, I'm proud of what you're doing. It's like, Hey, this is what I did. You're an idiot. You did this. Like, look, you look fat on that picture. You, did, you know, like that's just, well, it's a, catch that's just the love. Sure, exactly. You know? Exactly. No, hundred percent. Like, man, get off the, get off the TV once in a while. Right. You know, but, um, it's just, it, that's the love that we have. It's just a different form that, you know, you only, you know, you, you build that through something different. Right. So. Before you get into the last part of it, I want to ask one thing because I, I think it's pretty sweet is the pop-up downtown. Yeah. What, what's going on with that? So, yeah, we just signed a pop-up downtown for the draft, the NFL draft. It's going to be here in April, right? End of April. Um, we have a relationship with Bedrock. Um, I'm a tenant for them and with our Jimmy Johns. And so I've been asking them for a while. And the NFL took literally every single spot available on campus marshes. And uh, the girl I'm, I deal with, Chloe, she's like, I have one spot available. It's right in the corner of Woodward and Grand River. I'm like, that's an awesome spot, right? Moose Jaw was moving out. It's right across the street from Shinola Hotel, right across the street from the new Hudson building that's coming up. And I said, let's go. Let's do this. So we're having a Born in Detroit pop-up. Um, we're going to have 8 Mile involved as well. We're going to have half of the space will be the clothing, the apparel brand, all that. And the other half is going to be a, like a loungy area. We're going to do podcasts. We're going to do autograph signings have private events, people can rent it out, but businesses can rent it out and just have people come in there, we'll have a catering company and just kind of relax and have like a happy hour and do whatever. And then for the draft, it's going to be insanity. I think there's going to be, there's, they're saying four or 500,000 people downtown within the whole time you're there. And I mean, it's right there. You have to walk past us to get to the stage. So it's, it's a great spot. We're really lucky. And uh, hopefully we just do it well and make it nice and hope people want to jump in with us. You'll kill it like everything else. John, let's want to end it. Yes. The way we end every show, um, what's your death row meal? Something you can't be Jimmy. Oh, John. Man. I was going to say the Italian nightclub. Yeah. Jimmy John's, but. <laughs> well, my meal is not going to be small regardless. So maybe I'll throw that in as an appetizer. Number nine. But, um, you know, my mom had always made, that was like our go-to meal. And my mom was crazy, man. She made so much food. I'd bring over 20 guys. My mom was like MacGyver, right? <laughs> I bring over 20 dudes after the bar or after whatever when I you know, lived at home and she would just wait for us because she could not sleep until we got home. It could be at two in the morning and she'd be like, what do you guys want to eat? And she'd, go, <laughs> and she'd make us like something, right? Like, it, it, but she used to make this chicken marsala with mashed potatoes and this Lebanese uh, hushwi rice, it's called. And it, my mom, obviously, I didn't get this skinny by not eating everything, right? So she didn't really, she cooked with love, not with health, right? And so... It, the mashed potatoes, I'm, I'm not kidding. There's probably two sticks of butter, <laughs> right? But it is the greatest meal. Like, I would, I'd die for that meal. It's got corn, you have corn, mashed potatoes, the hushwi rice, and like five chicken breasts of chicken. I mean, we just crush the chicken marsala. It's really good. So that probably might go to, if I'm, if I'm dying, that's, that's how I'm going out probably, right? I love right? it. I love it. Yeah, it was good stuff, for sure. Isn't it amazing? My, my mother's Italian. My dad's Lebanese. My mom, I mean, she could cook a five-course meal in like six minutes. Yeah, You're like, we're, clean out a refrigerator. I you know. know. It's unbelievable. But that's awesome. Anything else, Johnny boy? Oh, I mean, I think we covered a lot of ground and, uh, and um, you know, got to know you well, which I, I feel like there's an instant connection, which is always a cool thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks so much for sitting down to chat with us today. No, thanks for having me, guys. I mean, this is an honor to be able to be on here with you guys and, and break bread and just kind of go at it. And so... Um, it's a great experience, you know, like you don't get to do a lot of these type of things and 
and learn from different businesses and different business owners and how they operate and how you guys do things. And what you guys have built here is so, so impressive. I mean, again, I knew Simon when he was making gelatos, right? Like, you know, and to see where he's come from, you know, and the same thing, we're both from the same thing, right? His dad and his parents had, had, a, had a business and he could have probably just jumped in that and did that whole thing. Uh, and to see where he's come from and to see this, this is one of the most beautiful buildings and business inside businesses I've seen. And I see them all over, all over the media, social media. You see all these guys, Dolby, 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 everyone's here. And to see what you guys have built here is, is more than impressive. And I'm very proud of you and your team and just to be able to be on here with you guys. That means a lot, bro. I mean, honestly, Anthony, and same thing. I remember, you know, and that was no joke going to Novi and seeing you in the back cranking and, yeah. and you were passionate back then talking about what you were going to do and how you know how great Jimmy John's is and to see you 20 years later just as passionate more passionate it's hard to do and 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 being a guy who has who is growing a business and in it, it it's 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 something that you again it's unique it's a unicorn like you don't have many guys that can or not even guys people there's a lot of you know people out there that have created great things but it, it, we kind of take it for granted a little bit because we, we are friends with a lot of these these people sure. but it's very a select few and a lot of challenges come across your way and you figure it out the story of covid and all these things i mean that's special and that's why we do these podcasts because you know not everybody sees that side of business it's sure. it's a great line you know they see you with the pop-up anthony's made it he's awesome his dad's probably a millionaire and gave him a bunch of money yeah, they don't exactly. realize like the grind the grit the work it takes and and you are a perfect example of that so um i'm really excited to see the next 20 and what you guys are going to do and uh you know just keep growing together thanks yeah. anthony no thanks for having me guys